Welcome to Musically Speaking, the podcast with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro, where we discuss all things music, the business of music, and making your mark as an independent artist. We're glad you're here. So let's get this show started. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of Musically Speaking with Luis and Pedro. I am Pedro. And my name is Luis, and cue in clapping in the background. <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, you know, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Not the winter part, <laughs> but, yeah, but we talked about it's, it's awards. It's awards yeah, season. Yeah. It's award season, and I I love award season. I don't really know how I got into enjoying award season so much. I think that growing up as a kid, I always felt like I needed to know what the industry thought was the best, whether it was the Oscars, whether it was the Grammys, whether it was the MTV Music Awards, whether it was the American Music, whatever it was. I just wanted to, in my opinion, I had an idea of what was the best. And I wanted to know, do they think that what they think is the best, I think is the best? So it became that. I hear you. And, you know, this was before the age of, of the internet as well, before everybody knew everything. So this is a good opportunity to, you know, before YouTube and all that, to catch a bunch of artists perform, you know, find out what movies were out, because I couldn't go to every single movie. And and just see a bunch of movie stars and rich people hanging out. I felt, I, I was... I really enjoyed it. So yeah, man. I mean, I'm a little more uh, more basic. I just wanted to see what J Lo was gonna wear or what Nikki was gonna wear. So I, was, I keep it basic, you know. Just you know, keep my expectations where they need to be. Yeah, and as I've gotten older, I've been able to really start getting more in depth and. We're we're gonna be going into a little more details in regards to music and movies and kind of how they intersect and how they kind of mesh together. It's always been that way. And as as I've watched more of this, you, you see that it makes a big impact. And one of the things that I was thinking about when we were trying to do this podcast is I always remembered in the 80s and even into the 90s, a good movie had some good music. Always. Absolutely. You know, you, it's... Songs that are undeniable, that are memorable, that you can easily you hear it. Hey, I know that. That's yeah, memorable. and you know, even in even into as you got past the '90s and maybe into the 2000s. I mean, Will Smith did a good job of doing that, and he always had a song that went along with maybe some of his movies, and it it they just seem like so complementary to each other. But right. you know, in my opinion, as the decade turned and it became more into the 2000s and the 2010s. The movies drove themselves in a sense. It was more big budget, or you had, you know, Marvel or Disney kind of involved, and you didn't really. I mean, nobody can tell me what the song of Iron Man was. You know, <laughs> like it's like I can't what? either. <laughs> I can tell you Moana. Right, <laughs> Disney kind of kept that tradition, right? But as these big budget flicks kind of started to come out, you know, there wasn't that intersection but i see that it's kind of making somewhat of a comeback and this award season seems to have a little bit more of that and specifically 
with some of the movies that you're going to be discussing. And I'm going to go into a little bit more, sprinkle some of my magic in there. But, Lewis, there's two specific movies that really touch on music and movies and their intersection that you wanted to touch up upon. Two great movies, by the way. One of my favorites, A Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Amazing movie. Amazing movie. From beginning to end, it just felt authentic. Lady Gaga did a bang-up job. She doesn't do a lot of acting, so, you know, she was kind of a little bit of a surprise performance, and I think she did very well. Bradley Cooper's always on point, but the music in that movie was just amazing. And not only that is, you know, you, you know that you're listening to music by the artist that's on the big silver screen. You know, it's just, that's what's more amazing about this movie in particular. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, you know, are both recording artists in their own right, and they played roles in this movie and killed it. This is not the first version of A Star is Born. Not the second. There's not the third. <laughs> it's the fourth. Ding, 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 ding. Amazingly. Yeah, this is four different versions of this movie. Can't say that I've seen the other ones. I think the first one came out in 1937. I think the next one came out in the 70s and then 2012 and then the uh, the one the new one now. So I'm only familiar with the new one and I'm probably not going to watch the other ones. But it was an amazing movie and I think it brought to light just like like you've been saying that the connection between movies and music. The Golden Globes uh, just aired last week, I think. A Star is Born took home the best song for a drama motion picture. The other movie I wanted to talk about was Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody is really a take on the story of the band Queen. I have not had a chance to watch that one, but actually that movie took home the big award of the night at the Golden Globes. It won for both Best Drama Motion Picture and for Best Actor. The actor there was Rami Malik. From what I understand, from what uh, the reviews I've been seeing, and I am going to see the movie, it is an amazing depiction of, of the Queen story, of their touring, of their trials and tribulations, and the things they went through as a band. You know, there's a reason why it won the... Uh, top award so it's definitely one to catch and i'm excited that you know we're seeing movies that that speak more to the story of music and kind of looking at bands you know and some of the tv films this past year like the new audition story the bobby brown story those are the kind of music films that excite me kind of brings me back into the backstory i kind of equate it more like a bigger and better behind the music kind of thing so you know it's exciting so i'm definitely excited to uh to have watched those i'm looking forward to bohemian rhapsody and encourage our listeners to check them out and let us know what you think yeah i have not seen either of those and, and I, although i'm very excited to check out bohemian rhapsody i do enjoy queen Freddie mercury stories is quite amazing especially his beginnings and where he came from and then making his way towards what would be one of the biggest rock and roll bands on the planet, you know. And, of course, Freddie Mercury's performance in what was Live Aid stole the show. And he took it super serious. I mean, he rehearsed with Queen for, I think it was like a week. Like, they went at it. And he was like, I want to make this performance the best. And he just did such an amazing job. Everybody that has saw Live Aid goes back to that performance so very excited to be able to at least check that out that's for sure i almost forgot to mention one of the big winners of the night 
was for Best Original Song, which is a song called Shallow, which was performed by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. Also written by Lady Gaga, along with Mark Ronson. So I know you're a big fan of his, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure you are familiar with uh, Uptown Funk, which is from uh, with Bruno Mars. He was a big participant of that song, and uh, I've enjoyed Mark Ronson for quite some time. He was part of uh, his group called The International, Business International, uh, out in England. Uh, good stuff. So if you haven't checked out Mark Ronson's stuff, he's done work with Amy Winehouse, Q-Tip. He's a big, big-time writer there. But yes, Shallow is an amazing and poignant power ballad, which drives the song through the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it, I think it's the main, the main song of the movie. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a wonderful performance. You know, a lot of people really enjoyed A Star Is Born, and you know, kind of within that vein. Music really drove uh, several movies throughout uh, what was 2018. I mean, Black Panther, that soundtrack that was curated by Top Dog Entertainment, uh, Kendrick Lamar being the main person uh, uh, in there, really pushed the narrative of the Black Panther movie along, which I thought was very important. Mary Poppins, which is obviously a musical, but to have... A, a second version, you know, a part two to Mary Poppins. What? <laughs> you know, that, that like who, I didn't think that was going to be even possible. But with someone like Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, you know, his work in being able to captivate audiences with his music in that type of style really pushed that movie along. And it's a darling. People really love that that Mary Poppins movie. And he's been doing some great work with Disney and writing some great songs. So. These are all pretty good examples of how music and movies can kind of intersect and make their way towards doing some really, really cool things. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. Actually, one of the movies that are coming out, I don't know if it's going to happen in 2019, but there is a biopic on Elton John that is being worked on right now. It's called Rocket Man. Nice. Okay. So this is, you know, uh, there was a time where these biopics were really, really big. I mean, you remember the Ray Charles uh, movie, Johnny Cash. You know, these are all pretty good biopics. So it seems to be like kind of coming back now. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy to see that. I mean, is there any is there any stories that you do want to see that maybe, we, you, you know, you don't hear talk about, but any bio ops that you would love to see? Any of your favorite bands or artists? You know, I would really like to see a Kurt Cobain kind of biopic and Nirvana and kind of how that gets all together, especially with Dave Grohl and that whole group and that scene basically reshaping what was music in in that time frame. That's a, that's, that's something I would really love to see. You know, what about you? Is there anybody you might be looking to see like a cool biopic of? Well, one of my favorites is Genesis, of course, led by, by Phil Collins. I think they have an oh, interesting yeah. story and great songs, a great history. You know, Phil Collins teamed up with Disney and did the writing on Tarzan with some amazing songs that came out of that. So I've always been a Phil Collins uh, fan. Just his, his uh, he still sounds great. So would love to see that 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 uh that story. Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's a very a very interesting one. Only because uh, Peter Gabriel, who was also part of Genesis, I mean that dynamic yeah. must have been very interesting. And then you see Peter Gabriel leave Genesis and become a huge star 
and Phil Collins in his own right becoming one as well, uh, you know, that would be a great movie yeah, to watch. Sure. I'll look out for that one. So that Yeah, and there's been other biopics out there. Uh, you know, straight out of Compton was one. Oh, that was really good. That, kind that of, was really good. Did they win? Um I don't remember I think they got snubbed for, for some awards. Um if I if I remember correctly. Uh, I believe they did. They they were they I don't believe they were nominated for anything and, and a lot of people were surprised by right. it. You know, that was that was something that really caught people's attention. I I remember uh, Notorious, which was a, a biopic on on Biggie Smalls, which it seemed, in my opinion, a bit watered down. You know, a lot of people weren't too happy with kind of how that was put together. Uh, but uh, that that's another biopic that was out there. So it, it you know, eventually one day I would like to see kind of a Wu Tang biopic. <laughs> <laughs> They all have interesting stories. So, they, you know, and, and and eventually, I know this is going to happen at some point, Prince. You know, a Prince a Prince biopic would be something that I think would be incredibly awesome. And just the, the music alone, the body of work that he has put together and just to how who he is as a person... Is is gonna be amazing. So yeah, you know, you know, I mean, you could you could have uh, you could have several movies. Oh, out for of that. sure. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always thought about you know he he kind of was you know growing up musically you know with uh with you know, the likes of Michael Jackson you know around the same time same time period, I've always felt like he was a little bit overshadowed by by Michael's popularity and and you know how big of a pop star Michael was, but Prince in his own right. For those who don't know, I think, you know, Prince was an all-around musician, played every single instrument, did it well, wrote some great songs, had some great memorable movies to go along with those songs. I don't think that he got his due. I, I think he's respected. Yeah, I respect him. I, I think he's respected in the industry, but I, I just think he got a little bit of short end of the stick because he was around the same time as Michael. I don't know what you think. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a, it's an excellent point. You know, I'm a huge Prince fan, but I didn't get to appreciate Prince until I was much older. And and those who were adults during Prince's time frame of his heyday loved Prince way more than they liked Michael Jackson. But if you were a little younger or if you were a teenager, Michael Jackson appealed to you. So that's kind of how that went. And, you know... As I got older, I mean, I listened to Prince uh, way more than I do to Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's music, of course, is timeless, but Prince's music, there was so is so deep, so ahead of its time, and uh, the amount of body of work you really want to kind of get in there. And you're right. I think that the '80s was known as a time of excess and just over like shat, you know, overblown proportions. And and Prince just kind of held his own lane. He did whatever he wanted to do, and he kept it that way for many, many years. And I think another big part of, of Prince's legacy was his relationship with the recording industry and how that kind of played a role in how people saw him after the yeah, fact. Yeah, that's right. You know? that the whole name change, right, when he, when he uh, tried to get out of his label. Yeah, you know, I mean, being on a weird lifetime contract with Warner Brothers wasn't something. I mean, he couldn't, he fought a lot with those guys to get creative control. And the fact that he managed to get as much creative control as he did with that kind of ridiculous contract 
shows the power that he has. And uh, again, I think you make a it, it's it's true. I think that he just hasn't. People are starting to realize the importance of how good he was now. And unfortunately, he's gone. But it's you're starting to see, man. He was way way you know, ahead of his time yeah, for sure. So back to your point, I think movies and music their intersection has been growing and i think netflix has done a great job of of bringing some of that to light are there any any notable you know films on netflix that that you are excited about or uh, or want to see yeah you know before i get into that netflix has become a great place for music lovers if you don't have access to netflix i totally recommend you do so their body of work has been increasing in terms of access to music, inclined movies, documentaries, series, uh, they have a lot of great stuff out right now. So it's a must if you're into music to, to have access to. I mean, that's that's an avenue that other places haven't explored, and they really tapped into a good market there. And I was very happy that they done that. Uh, to to your question. The one uh, documentary that I, I think everybody should check out, and it's on Netflix right now, and I was very fortunate to see it when it premiered, is uh, Stretch and Bobito, Radio That Changed Lives. And this is a documentary that came out back in 2015. Bobito Garcia was the person that directed it, who's actually the person who's involved in this documentary. And basically, it is about... WKCR, which was a station, a college radio station from Columbia University that Stretch Armstrong and Bobito, two DJs who loved hip-hop, created in the 80s as a platform to play hip-hop music that people weren't playing on the radio. And it was a place, they, they did it every Thursday, and Thursday night, so middle of the night. But they were the ones that began to play music that people were hearing about in other places. Like if you were from Brooklyn, you were hearing this, but other people weren't. And they got, they, it became a cult, basically. And this shows how Stretch and Bobito and that show opened the doors to so many artists. They actually, that was the show that gave Eminem his first shot. That gave Wu Tang their first shot. That gave Nas their first. When they were unsigned, when they were nobodies, pretty much, they weren't just battle rapping. DMX was on that show. One of my favorite scenes is, and you have to watch this. Jay Z was on there when he was first coming out. But my favorite part of the of the movie was Biggie. And and Biggie's first rhymes were on that show, like to the public. Uh, Fat Joe, Big Pun, I mean, countless of artists went through that place. And it's a great, a great uh, documentary that really tells you about how powerful hip-hop is and how what it's become now. I mean, right now you can hear it anywhere, but back then there wasn't an outlet for any of this. So it's a great, great documentary. What about you, man? What is what is one you like? Yeah, actually, one that was recommended by my mom, uh, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. And it's the story of the Funk Brothers, who were studio session players under the Motown label under the direction of Barry Gordy 
back when we were, you know, enjoying hits like My Girl and uh, and The Temptations. They played the drums, the bass, the guitars. But one of the things, and, and it's very different now, but back then, if you can imagine it, Barry Gordy started recording Motown in around 1958. These guys were on all of those records, right? And, and during that time, time period, those guys weren't credited. You didn't see their names on the records or on the album covers. Um, they were just kind of in the shadow, played great, memorable music, memorable rhythms that, that as, as soon as you hear a bass on, on My Girl or, 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 or a Temptation song, you know, you know, you know it. You know that's that song. And these guys never got that credit. Not until around 1971, where for the first time, Marvin Gaye, puts their name on the cover of his album. So oh, wow. so they went almost 20 years without recognition. This this uh, documentary is kind of their story. Introduces you to who they are. They take you back to Motown, to the famous Studio A, which is actually still still up today if you, if you go to uh, Detroit. It's as it was back in the 50s. So definitely amazing. But, you know, it's a story about the Funk Brothers and, and their work in Studio A, also known as the Snake Pit, where they performed on records that we hold dear to our heart for Motown. So it's a great tribute to them so they can get some recognition. And I think recently they also got a star on the Walk of Fame. So excited about that. So definitely check that out, especially if you're a Motown fan and you love that sound. It's an interesting story to see their, uh, you know, their their history. Wow, that's great. That's great. I, I'm I'm looking forward to checking that out. I remember hearing about it, and just it just kind of fell off fell off your radar my radar. But again, one of the reasons why I've enjoyed Netflix so much as of recently is because of that. There wasn't really a place where you could catch these these documentaries that were exactly, that were so yeah. critically acclaimed. So it's it's great that they are doing that and. You know, we are, I'm going to be posting a, a bunch of other Netflix documentaries out there that, that should be worth watching. Another one that I've been kind of binging on right now, Hip Hop Evolution is the one. There's another one from Amy Winehouse that is, is critically acclaimed. So yep. there's a lot out there. Quincy, James Brown, there's another one. Quincy. Yeah. Rapture. So yeah, there's a couple of good ones out there, yeah. So, you know, for those who have some interest or, or just need something to watch that's not exactly bird box <laughs> uh, exactly. then you know uh, we, we got some we got some good recommendations for yeah, you for all. sure yeah definitely check that out and if uh, you know you don't have a Netflix account you know we're not encouraging you to borrow your friends uh, your friends login information but you know go ahead and get an account it's about nine ninety nine a month but it's worth it you know there's a lot of good stuff on there like we said in the beginning there's an excitement that Netflix is kind of really holding the torch on doing some great, great music documentaries, some music movies, and uh, it's it's a joy to watch, especially, you know, getting the backstory on, on artists that you followed for years. Well, enough of us rambling on. We can talk all day about music, so uh, we want to thank you for listening. We appreciate you tuning in and encourage you to check out our website, musicallyspeakingpodcast.com. For show notes and to uh, be able to listen to some archive episodes. And again, thank you for checking in. All right. See you all next time. Thank you for tuning in to Musically Speaking with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro. Be sure to visit Music